Hello and welcome to the agenda. It's Monday. It's the first of May, uh, and we are here to celebrate what has been a victorious, joyous, and uh, enjoyable weekend as Celtic booked their place in the Scottish Cup final and uh, potentially Ange Postacoglu booked himself a place in history. Uh, we get plenty to talk about. Um, it has been a, been a fun while. It's been a fun couple of weeks, fun couple of um, derby games. We've had trips to Hamden. What a, what a time it is. Uh, I'm joined by Alan Edgar. Hello, Alan. How the hell are you? I am fantastic, Christopher, and I'm looking forward to this a lot. Um, it'll be nice to get a proper catch-up and maybe even maybe touch on the game yesterday a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we're also joined by our good friend Kieran Devlin. Hello, Kieran, all the way from Edinburgh. How the hell are you? I'm good. I'm good. We'll go into it later, but I actually uh, forgot I'd invited uh, some friends up from London to stay the weekend, but I decided to use it to my advantage, where I was got really, really nervous and I was part... I was thinking, oh, maybe we we could I could drag them to a pub and watch the game. But as the week go on, especially after uh, the excellent Cynic Chronicles live, which rather than sort of instigating bat- battle fever, uh, as somebody as one of the panel said, um, listeners can write in to have a guess of which one used the <laughs> battle fever as a phrase. Um, but that just made me more of a shake bag than ever. So instead, I went on a five hour hike when the game was on because I, I got so nervous so I didn't watch the full thing until I got back this until this morning when they'd all left so um which was and you know you, if you think uh that knowing the score and watching it a day later would remove any of the stress or tension you're, you're absolutely wrong I'm still I was still sweating so yeah that's a, I'm looking forward to chatting about it especially since I only really caught it so recently uh, Jesus, that's a new level of shite bag. Knowing the score <laughs> and still sweating out. Um, great stuff. Uh, we, yeah, we get plenty to catch up on. We get plenty of, ch- we get plenty of questions and comments from people. Um, thanks to everyone who uh, took the time out to uh, send a comment or, or a question. Uh, before we touch on the game and how we experienced it, um, at the Cynic Chronicles, um, th- thanks to everyone again, thanks to everyone who came, it was a, a huge success, I uh, hope everyone had a great time, we had a great time uh, as Kieran mentioned, Alan you, you enjoyed the Chronicles, I know we touched about it briefly the other day but just kind of final thanks to everyone Yeah it was it was really really good fun and the only way these events ever work is just if people turn up and want to have a good time and everybody did, turned up, had a good time, had a couple of drinks you know it was good to hear other people's opinions in these games. It was just, I really enjoyed it. So thanks very much to everybody that came and, uh, you know, played a part in it. It was, um, it was, a, it was a great night. And I really enjoyed it. So thanks yeah. very much. It was really great seeing um, some some friends we've not seen in a while and just uh, catching up with subscribers and stuff. Really, really great stuff. We'll do more in the future because uh, that one was such a great success. Um, uh, we did the reaction straight after the game yesterday. Apologies for Chris Bowd. Just, just in general, just apologies for for Bowd. Just Bowd being Bowd. Um, but I, not- I haven't listened yet, but I've had messages from people saying it was both a amazing and very different messages um, as well. <laughs> so it's a eagerly anticipated listen that I'll be um, I'll be partaking in after this. Yeah, I, 
Uh, just very quickly, I really I felt uh, Paul's uh, Fenian Ninja <laughs> comment went un- undeservedly under the radar because I was pissing myself for about t- ten minutes after he said that. Yes, um, everyone was on form. It was really you know just one of those joyous kind of reactions where everyone's had a few drinks and yeah, it was really great. Uh, Alan, well, let's start with you in regard to your experience yesterday. Talk us through your day. Um, yeah, up. Up fairly early, not normal derby early though, it has to be said. And it was a bit of a theme of the week that, to be honest, I never felt, I don't know if it's because we've done a lot of games against Rangers recently, but up maybe about, I don't know, quarter past six, half six or something. So got up, was on the bike for a bit, did a class in the morning to try and get a bit of energy out. And then, um, I mean, it was just getting organised. I did a lot of tidying about the house to try and occupy myself until maybe about half nine, quarter to ten, bit of breakfast, and then um, we headed along Rutherglen Way before the game um, and had a couple of pints in Chapman's, um, which was actually felt fairly quiet as well before the game. Everything felt quite bizarre before the game yesterday, yeah. and naturally I then took that as a a bad sign. Maybe Celtic fans aren't going to turn up because we've all just... <laughs> got really nervous or something. Um, so no, went along and then obviously at the game where the atmosphere I thought was incredible. I thought the Celtic end was at, at points yesterday just incredible and the game itself, similar to Kieran, I've watched it this morning um, and I've really, really enjoyed watching it back and it's, my opinions are a lot different from the kind of first watch so I'm genuinely quite looking forward to chatting about it but really positive nice couple of beers um avoided the rain like to and from the stadium largely as well so everything really everything was coming up alan yesterday uh did you go back to the east end for for pints after or was it just the same area i went i went back to chapman's and kind of let all the traffic die down and then um pamela's dad picked us up and then um i had a the perfect draft machine that was once the essential item for everyone in lockdown, which has been in the garage now for about two years, made an appearance on Saturday. So, um, so I, I got a couple out of that uh, last night, and um, you will be pleased to hear was listening to music. Oh, Jesus! What music were you listening music. to? Music, just just on YouTube. But I remember I said to you on Wednesday night about how I actually I've been listening to Oasis recently and I've been enjoying it. Yeah, and I do realise that I told you and Barry about that on Wednesday night as if. Look, by the way, you should check this band out. They're, they're, they're quite good. But I listened to a couple of them. I think just mainly because it reminds me of Martin and Neil's first season. And I, I say when I was listening to them, I listened to about three songs. But they were very good. I enjoyed it. If you haven't listened to Oasis, I'd recommend it, folks. I would recommend the first two albums and then I'd probably avoid everything else. But anyway, mm. they're a good band. Uh, and uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, we, as I said, you know, it's funny because um, Alan popped his head into Chris Bowd's house yesterday. Bowdy's house is so close to Hamden. I mean, it's literally you come out of the concourse and you turn right and like it's just there. So it's like the perfect place to kind of pre-game, post-game. Uh, we stayed for some from pint. Chris Armani turned up. Uh, you know, um, it was uh, it was great. Had, everyone kind of popped their head in. It was fantastic. Kieran, um, what's your kind of first uh, kind of thoughts on the game? Obviously, we myself and Alan Marata, and we can talk about the atmosphere. But just having watched it this morning with uh, fresh eyes, what's your thoughts? I I'm quite interested to see what were you guys thinking. You know, rewatching it back because I think if I'd seen it live. I would have been, that was a shocking second half. We were really, really poor. We didn't play our natural game. We were, we were just, we got lucky. 
I, I would, and there was a still part of me that was doing that, obviously, because that's how my brain's wired. But I think I was looking at it and it remained the second. Half, I thought the first half we were decent. I, I thought, you know, we weren't spectacular, but Hamden, Cup semi-final, they have everything, everything, their entire season is in this game. They do have some good players. They are they are coached well in, a, in their very one-dimensional style of play. So it was. It's just going to be hard to have you know a four 0 trouncing of them in those sort of conditions. Second half, we there were times where I don't think we were good on the ball. I thought we just sort of panicked and went long when we were trying to play out for the back, and they just won the ball back. But what I'll say is that it reminded me a lot of the win at Ibrox last season, where we actually were really dogged defensively, and obviously the CCV justifiably is getting a lot of credit from that. Um, but I thought Taylor and Starfield stood up as well. I thought they were maybe not quite as like out, outstandingly as what CCC did, but I just thought as a, a back line, you know, Ralston had some tricky moments playing out, but I think he had some big defensive moments as well. And I, I, I do think, and Johnston, before Johnston got injured, I think that did change a bit of the, the game, I did, we, the way we played. But I just thought it was a really dogged defensive de- performance when we just stuck in and did the job because apart from Sakala they really didn't create anything clear cut apart from that Sakala miss that from the Tavernier post and it, that does remind me of you know I think there's a lot of parallels to, to what Bill was doing with and Van Bronckhorst where there's they just don't know how to like you know overplay against us if that makes sense they don't know how to uh, outplay us sorry geez, I can't remember words this morning Ever, their entire the way they score goals is relying on us making mistakes. You guys touched on the reaction uh, yesterday. They don't have a set attacking system of their own beyond you know physicality. They don't have the intricate pass and move football that we have in our locker. They do just have to rely on the centre backs or play, making mistakes playing out. Heart making mistakes playing out. And we, there were some of those moments yesterday. You know, I think one of the listeners' questions was quite good. And was like, does is anything? Has anything materially changed in our views? For me, that hasn't. I do think the game played out as it has the last few times. Maybe we weren't quite as assertive as we have been. But overall, I I do think this is another this is another reminder that not only do we have the resilience and the character, but we can, as we showed at Ibrox last season, also just stick you know eight nine players behind the ball and have that defensive shape, which. I think we were we were effective at it. We just limited to them to basically shots outside the box. Generally, apart from the Sakala one, who's very very quick, and and that was just going to be a shot from um, a, re- a rebound as well. So yeah, I think it wasn't it wasn't exciting. It wasn't particularly exciting or compelling, but we did ground out the result, and you know we also made a mug of them defensively again with with Maeda and Jota. So I think it was just a brilliant result. No, <laughs> but by the way, I'm brilliant, as I said before. Not counting my chickens with the Inverness game, we've we've had enough sort of uh, embarrassing slip ups with them in the past. Never meant anything else. So, but I'm just I would desperate for this Ange to get this treble because it will feel special. I think Bowd touched on it as well. Like we got where I could triple treble in the past, and I enjoyed every one of them. I don't know whether it's just recency bias, but I think I'll enjoy and savor that one, this one, the most definitely since the Invincible treble for sure. Great points. Um... You know, these semi-finals really 
you really just have to win them, Alan. Um, and, and, you know, we will we will do some analysis of the game and we'll kind of break it up. But see, at the end of the day, if Celtic had played supremely well but had lost 1-0 with a, a shake, it doesn't really matter. You just have to win these semi-finals, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, and I think, I think Kieran's point towards the end, I think it's probably fairly accurate as well in terms of the only moments of real quality in the game, in my opinion, are largely came from Celtic players. Um, I don't think we were spectacular. I thought in the first half, it, it had the same feel as the League Cup final in that we weren't great, but there was a, it felt like there was something coming for Celtic. The ball just kept coming back to Rangers um, and they kind of they weren't able to get high enough up the park to then stop us coming out. The amount of times we were able to get the ball wide, we maybe just, we weren't as, um, you know, as composed in certain moments as we could have been. Um, you know, you could you could pick out a few, but we didn't create a great deal of, you know, what you would class as clear-cut opportunities, but I thought a lot of players looked really comfortable. I thought at times we were just playing round Rangers quite well as well. I thought um, a player that I kind of seen not too many plaudits. I thought Mark Riley was outstanding yesterday and I thought his composure on the ball. Yeah. Some of what I really enjoyed from rewatching the game this morning, <clears throat> particularly in the first half, the amount of just the little rotations that we had where guys were receiving the ball in really, really tight areas, taking a touch, moving it on and then going again. And it did feel like we were just quite comfortable. Obviously the second half is very different, but then that leans into what Kieran says about we were just really, really comfortable. Taverniers hits the post, then they have an opportunity from that. Beyond that, they don't create a single other clear-cut opportunity in the game. There's a lot of good, strong defending, as he says, across the back line from everyone. But generally, it's fairly comfortable. And I think it comes back to the discussion we've we've had recently about this new incarnation of you know Rangers under Michael Beale. Once, once again, in, in my opinion, looking at it, They've gone into a game that, of course, is a must-win for both teams, but they've gone into it and had no intention to play football until they're a goal down. If that was our approach now, of course, they don't want to go a goal down, but their approach is stay in the game, something will come for you. It's not go and take this game to the scruff of the neck and go and attack it. Rangers in the first half were absolutely delighted at nothing each. Um, yeah. I found it quite funny that when Rangers had a throw-in or when they had a corner, they're just killing time. They were just happy at nothing each because they feel, in my opinion, as Kieran says, that what they'll do is they'll wait for something to come their way, for something to fall into their lap. If that was a Celtic manager, I'd be absolutely livid. Fair enough if you're playing against a Champions League level team or you're playing against a you know, pot one or pot two team. But if Rangers are claiming to be, you know, the gap isn't this or that, go and try and win the game. Go and take the game by the scruff of the neck. They didn't. They were just content to be in the game um, and then you know, don't get caught. And they got caught at a fantastic goal from Celtic, real, real moments of quality, as well as, you know, mistakes from Rangers. And then at that point, they go in, they maybe get a kick up the ass, they make a tactical change, and then they start going for it in the second half. But they don't create enough clear-cut opportunities. This, the manager, in my opinion, just gets a complete pass, and it's fine, I can live with that, that's absolutely fine. But they go into these games hoping that they don't go behind because if they go behind I think they'll find it very, very difficult. So it was it was great for us and the real, real moment of quality in the game, which I think we will look back on in years time and say from start to finish the goal is exceptional. Um 
and it, it was great to see. And I, I couldn't have been happier for um, for Joe. Obviously, we talked about him last week on the lunch club. If I'm playing fives on a Tuesday, I am going to the Brazen Head on a Monday, and I'm going to spend the full day in there because it's clearly got some sort of um, magical Magic. power. That's what I've learned from this week. Uh, well, let's go to the opening question. It's from Jenny. Um, she uh, WhatsApped in this morning and said, sometimes in the stress of watching the game, you don't realise how funny certain moments are. One example from yesterday was Taylor dragging Barisic up by the collar of the shirt. I've not had the chance to watch the entire game back. I've only watched extended highlights. So I, you know, I've not seen that yet. Uh, what are the panel's favourite let's all laugh at Rangers moments thanks for all the hard work and content you guys put out thank you very much Jamie for subscribing of course and thanks to everyone for subscribing um, you are the lifeblood of the cynic um, favourite parts favourite fu- right okay I'm going to have to open Todd Cantwell um, he is um, he's a joke I mean like did you, did you uh, we've all seen the image and the clip of him you know, denying Hitati water. Daddy just looks at him like, what, what are you doing? Like, you know, uh, other funny thing, uh, funny uh, points from the game. Kieran, we'll start with you. Uh, well, just that, just that thing with, with Cantwell as well. It's the same thing what Bill does. It's like playing to the gallery, just lowest com- common denominator bollocks about, oh, I'm going to wind up Celtic or just, it's, it's just Neanderthal bollocks. Uh, this comes across as insincere and try hard. It's pathetic. It really is. Um, oh no, no. Um, I, I think, um, I think, and so is this from from yesterday or in general? The favourite uh, laugh at Rangers? Uh, yesterday in general, whatever, Keenan. Let's just laugh at Rangers. It's no problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think in a way, yesterday was also another case of Barisic sleeping, which is my favourite running gag. And uh, any TV show, film, or reality is him just like switching off. It's it's just great. You got. To, I think that's maybe the fourth or fifth time in five seasons where he's just been sort of like, you know, pondering the meaning of life. For a Celtic player, darts past him uh, <laughs> this time for an assist rather than a uh, a goal, which I guess he'll take as a an improvement <laughs> from what was happening in the past. Um, I think that's that's a good one. Um, I do I do always get some. I get angry, but also satisfied when some you know. Someone like uh, the John Jones tackle, which falls into the the Cantwell pile of I'm going to try and make myself like a hero because I'm too bad at football to to you know prove it on the pitch. And then the uh, the the who was the Northern Irish striker um, who did it that scum the scumbag who was at Sunderland. Healy, uh, yeah, that's the David one. Healy. I remember I did that. Was that was that the um, Joe Ledley game he did it? Um, where he, Ledley scored at. Just before Christmas or just yeah, after yeah. Christmas, yeah, that's right, I can't yeah. remember. Um, but yeah, I just oh, I just just because these people they just marked underline themselves as absolutely pathetic characters, and you just get you just feel like gratified for hating them all the time. It's like oh, am I doing this because I've got you know green tinted specs on? It's like, Actually, you are a, you're a useless scumbag. You really are, and I, I I would pity you if you weren't such a loathsome character. So that's what that's that's what I get. I get those moments. Love it, love it. Um, I just thought uh, Morelos just. Skipping about the pitch, not really caring, you know, having a nice time, you know, ah, what are you going to do? That's football, isn't it, guys? Uh, Alan, what about you? He puts, Morelos just puts all the effort in of somebody that really just, it's like you've roped a mate into play fives and he's like, ah, I can't nah, be actually, I was, I was in the pub for a couple of hours and he's like, I know, just come, go and, you just go and goals and it's like, he it comes out eventually because somebody gets injured and he just fucking stands there. Um, 
You've, you've got to commend him. I actually don't even know. There was a point where we really disliked him. I actually think I might quite like him. <laughs> he's, he's, but, he's doing a job for us, put it that yeah. way. <laughs> but that's, we can come back to that at a later point. Um, I think from yesterday, it's hard to deny Cantwell his moment in the sun, which I'm sure he'll enjoy. Um, it, it didn't show in the Premier Sports feed, so you might have missed it. He takes a throw in at one point. And there's no Rangers player shown for the ball. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And I it's like it's a it's a fake throw in that he's kind of going for. Nobody falls for it. Um, there's no there's no Rangers player looking, and then he steps on the park laughing as if now this was at nothing each, but 13 minutes into the game, he then follows up 10 minutes <laughs> 10 minutes later with Celtic's back four is in shape, the midfield three are in shape, and he's maybe four or five yards in front of a Celtic player, and he plays a no look pass about two yards behind Ryan Kent. I mean, I, re- I vividly remember when Ronaldinho used to play no-look passes. It was usually in the edge of the box with a player right on his toe, and it was usually impactful. It wasn't something that you did because you can kind of do it, but you can't really do it if there's other players around. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm not in any way, shape or form. I like players that have flair. I like flair players. I like watching flair players, and I think football is entertainment. See, when you've maybe you're on a chance where you might win nothing this season um, and you're very much in a game at nothing each and it's very early in that game where you need to get your footing, I'd maybe hope not to do it at that point. Um, so I think my favourite moments from yesterday were largely centred around Todd Cantwell. The best by far moment, though, of the game from Todd Cantwell was when he did break through and he was driving and then he passed it with his left foot and he just fucked it straight out for a goal kick. I mean, and then wanted the foul and then asked the fourth official about a foul. It was genuinely my highlight of the game. Um, the only moment that a number 10 needs a bit of composure and literally they must send the ball 40, 50 yards. It was just outstanding. So if Rangers are... Um, if they do want to build a team around Todd Cantwell. And he has, he's, he's a player that has some qualities. Like we might be talking about next year in a very different light, but not today. We can just laugh and enjoy it today. He is the cheerleader for them. And I, th- I heard that on the commentary in Premier Sports where Alan McCoy was praising him, saying he thought he was exceptional in the second half. I really didn't think he was. I thought he had a really poor game. But if that's a standard, then so be it. And it's good to know that we can win these games when Rangers do play Raskin and, and Cantwell on the same team, which I was obviously extremely concerned about. So, no, he gave me a lot of laughs yesterday. So I'd like to, uh, I'd like to thank him, thank yeah. him for that. I mean that that uh, Raskin Cantwell midfield. I'm surprised Real Madrid haven't come in the way the, mm. the people have been talking about it. But um, I, I mean, can you imagine if we had a player in that season that we don't like to talk about, and we had a player that was doing things like that to try and well, obviously there was no crowd in, but it was trying to entertain people. I, honestly, I would have put my foot through the TV if we had a player like that that was doing, like, just playing the look passes when we're getting fucked off Ross County or something. I, I would absolutely... But that's... I think, killed me. I think that, that really is where they are. Like, they are so... They're below that level of, you know, patheticness that, you know, anything like that really gives them a kind of something to cling on to. That moment where Cantwell had the chance to maybe create something... And he just fired it right out of the park. Reminded me so much when I rewatched it this morning of the Martin Wycon when he just ran straight <laughs> off the park with the ball. 
<laughs> you know, that's a clip. I'm going to have to watch that clip after this because that never, ever fails to get a laugh at me. He just <laughs> runs directly out. And then, and then he squared up to wee guys outside the chip shop. About a yeah, week later. he was going to batter a wee guy. We used to suffer. Um, Kieran, <laughs> Kieran um, I've got some some news for you personally. This is this is directed directly at Kieran Devlin. I'm listening. Our good friend Cameron Carter Vickers was exceptional yesterday. He was um, player of the match. Um, here's some quotes from uh, our manager, Ange Postacoglu. I thought the two centre-halves were outstanding. I mean, that's Cameron Carter Vickers' last game of the year. He's been carrying an injury for I don't know how long. We'll put him out to pasture for a little bit now and get what we need to get done. It's Kobayashi time. Um, let's uh, let's put on the Kobayashi um, jacuzzi. Is it? Is it? I can't, can never remember. Is it the Kobayashi jacuzzi? You, you don't don't pretend you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's like that. No, I mean, joking aside, we are really gutted for for CCV because you know he's he's outstanding. He's you know vice captain. He's outrageously good. But obviously, with this huge cup final, and that's a one off game that you can kind of just focus on and deal with. But um, it does give an opportunity to to Kobayashi to come in, and you know you're not talking about one or two games; you're talking about what five games um, and potentially a cup final. This is huge for him, right? Yeah, you know it's massive. Um, I, I was I was I was trying to say I was going to do a uh, CCV joke, but I feel that being bad taste, so I'll just put <laughs> that put that aside. Um, no, I think we talked about it before that. <laughs> If if you aren't going to bring in another centre back this summer, um, and that's an entirely separate conversation we've touched on in the past. But if you aren't, he needs he needs game time. If on if he is the plan to be beside CCV next year, um, so that we do have somebody who can play out from the back in that that back line, he needs games before then because realistically, you've probably only got now what. 10, maybe 11 competitive games from now until your first Champions League game. That's that's not a lot. And you really want to get them up to speed where they are capable of performing in a Champions League game of um, real high pressure and a game we want to get points in if we want to finish third or even second. To, to really have that, you know, if we do win a treble on the range, it'll be brilliant. I'll be so happy. But I'm desperate for this team and this manager to also do something in Europe. This is a really good opportunity for him now to come in and get these six games. Um, and two of them will be not maybe not ex- extraordinarily high pressure. It's not a it's not a Celtic Rangers game with the league on the line. It's not a Champions League game. But they are they are games with massive significance. You know, like you are if you you are playing against Cali Thistle, they are a championship team, but it's also a Scottish Cup final to win a treble. That's that's a, it is a lot of pressure, but it's maybe not a Scott, you know, a Scottish Cup final against Rangers to win a treble. Is the, the the levels of pressure are a bit different? It's the same thing about going to Ibrox. You know, obviously we still want to win that game, and especially if we drop points against Hearts and we <laughs> we have the chance to to win the league at Ibrox. But it's maybe very very slightly the pressure is not as extreme where he, he might have be able to be a bit more comfortable, and we can maybe. It's a good opportunity for us to see how he adapts to that as well, not just for him, but how we as you know as fans, as a as a as a Kobayashi fanboy, uh, good, it'll be good to see whether that's 
a bit more vindicated if he's managed to thrive in those types of high-pressure situations. So I think this is a good opportunity for him to really solidify his place, you know, going into pre-season. Who knows what will happen, whether we do bring in another centre-back that we think can can challenge for a starting place or not. I think this is really a, a good spot for him. And I'm hopeful now as well, these five games, if we do seal the title against Hearts, you know, Rangers are a different story, but maybe those last three games, we've not really seen Ange be able to have the freedom to give chances to maybe some of the squad players, some of the younger players, now that the, at that stage there wouldn't be anything on the line. So, and you know, what we had was the uh, Motherwell game at home, and then at that point, you really want to give, you know, he brought in Stephen Welsh and James McCarthy so they could get their winner's medals, which was a really nice gesture. But now you've got, maybe you can see, we'll see a bit more of that in summers. Like, I think we it's nice to win LA for, you know, our own mental well-being, but also I'm quite looking forward to see players like Kobayashi, Iwata, Summers, Vata, maybe get some more minutes, even if they don't play a lot, they don't feature a lot pre-season or at the start of next season. It's just nice to see some of the fringe players maybe come in and contribute. Um, I think that's the key point, um, Alan, that Kieran says there about the fact that we kind of do have this. We've done all our business at the right time. Cameron Carter Vickers, if if the league was still, you know, we need we need obviously we need to get over the line and and win that one game to be confirmed as champions, right? But you know we've got plenty of games to do it, and um, there there could be a case that Cameron Carter Vickers might have played on till the end of the season if there was extra pressure. But we've we can afford them this time to recover for next season, and that's that's one of the main benefits of um, you know doing your business early. Yeah, absolutely, and I think um, I think just when you watch the game yesterday, you seen him pull up at a few points. I think it might have been it might be a bit difficult for him to kind of see through until the end of the season. You know, it's fine, you know, saying Ed is on a game in the week, but if a player's getting injured like that, you do want to get them. You know, especially the type of you know if it's a kind of a tidy up or a clean up that he needs in his his knee, then you want to get that done as quickly as possible so that the player can you know be back training and back in the condition he's in, but. As Kieran says, a great opportunity for Kobayashi, and I, I think that I think it's a real proven ground for him. You know, providing he stays fit and providing he does well next weekend, and it is him at Tynecastle, which we would expect. There's a real opportunity for us to see over what six games for us to actually make a not make a decision on him, but see what level of player have we got. Is he a player that actually we might be able to count on in the Champions League next season? I think it's. Um, I think it's a huge opportunity for him, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I'm hoping that he's good enough and strong enough to come in and, you know, there to be no significant detriment um, defensively. Um, but it's a great opportunity and, you know, I'm pleased for Carter Vickers because he was he was exceptional yesterday, but he did pull up a few times and it, it looked like um, maybe he definitely is playing with something. So I would be glad uh, that we can get that done as quickly as possible. Um, but it's uh, as a... It's a shame that he won't get to you know, get to see Hamden in, in June. Um, just kind of back, we'll, we'll kind of go back and forth to maybe yesterday because we've got some questions and stuff. Uh, Jack Finn sends a message in uh, on uh, WhatsApp saying, question for the agenda. There's a balance between knowing how to get the job done and failing and falling into the same trap of the Lennon era of we didn't play well and they still can't get near us. No doubts we're comfortably, we're comfortable in the former section just now, um, but Important to acknowledge these games remain pretty tight over the previous four. It's a good point, Alan. Um, mm-hmm. um, what's your kind of thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think anyone's sitting here 
it's it's a little bit different because the position we're in now, you can you can maybe enjoy it a little bit more than you would if this was, you know, first derby of the season, for example. So there is a wee bit of um potent fun and I wouldn't I wouldn't take that away from anybody. I'm not quite I'm not quite finished with that yet. But and then there's the other element of, you know, Rangers were able to keep Kyogo quiet yesterday. Um, you know, they Hatati struggled to get into the game. Um so there are factors there. They do set up extremely compactly and they try and make it very, very difficult. But again, similar to the previous game, I think we I think we did well and again I would credit the centre halves and I know it might be a bit of frustration because they don't have the quality maybe to play through the lines as we would hope. But they did show good patience not to fall into the trap of being caught out and playing a pass that isn't there. Um, so I, I think I've seen enough quality from Celtic yesterday. I thought we were the aggressor in the game, largely. Um, so I, I don't feel it's a case of actually there's a systemic issue here that we can't play well against strangers. I don't think that's the case at all. I think there's improvements to be had. I think there was a lot of opportunities in the first half that we didn't quite, you know, strike well. Iron was hot, and as I said at the start, I felt like before we scored that there was there was a moment coming because we continually were getting the ball into areas that we have historically hurt this particular Rangers team in. Not you know under Van Bronckhorst, under Michael Beale, when our number a two number eights get the ball high and near the Rangers box, generally we create something. Um, and Kyogo was just off the back of an incredible scoring run against Rangers as well. So I don't have any concerns there. So it's not, it's not that I think, um, you know, don't worry, we are miles better than this Rangers team. It's not that at all. It's that actually I think that we have the better quality and I think we showed we had the better quality yesterday. The key opportunity in the game was created by us. We had more chances that we could have um, certainly done a lot more with. I felt we were comfortable. I don't think we were outplayed at any point. There was maybe a five to six minute spell before they had their chance where they looked threatening, but they couldn't fashion, and I'm genuinely not trying to be funny there, but they couldn't muster, shall we say. Um, They couldn't muster clear-cut opportunities in a game, again, that they had to win. Um, So it's not, I don't think I'm going to be sitting spending the next um, three or four months worrying that actually this Rangers team are absolutely going to, you know, be an extremely difficult task to overcome next year. That's always the case. But I'm confident in this Celtic team. I'm confident in the quality of it. And I'm really thinking more about how the improvement that we'll have going into the next season, as opposed to, you know, we really, really need to be careful with these Rangers teams. We're not always going to be able to comfortably beat them. So it's a case of enjoying it when we do. Um, and we have done handsomely um, over recent months. So, do you know, yeah. I, do you know, I think kind of, uh, I always think back to Celtic's lowest ebb when, I, when I've been watching them and how we've built from that and how we've created this dynasty. You know, it started under Martin O'Neill and it kind of changed and evolved. Um and I remember watching that 4-0 defeat to Rangers at Ibrox under Kenny Dalglish just before Martin O'Neill came in. And I remember being absolutely broken and thinking we're never going to come back from this. Um, but I also remember being realistic. And I remember our players coming out and it was all very, just not good enough, miles off it, massive, you know, what we have to do. And, you know... I. And I remember being happy that the players weren't kind of trying to spin anything. I just want to read out some quotes from John Lundstrom. (laughs) 
Um, there's a belief there. You saw out there and there was a belief. We were the better team for large spells of the game. We had one cleared off line, we hit the post and we missed an open goal. So the belief is there, but it's just the fine margins. They are getting the fine margins better at the minute. We all want to win. We all want to do the right thing. Of course we do. But decision making at times has got to be better. It's let us down, not just today, but on numerous occasions. At the end of the day, we've got to finish these chances that we created. We're getting in the right positions. It's just not falling for us. It's just frustrating for us at the moment. And it's still raw. Going forward, we have to start winning these games. It's no secret. It's just like the narrative that they're coming out with and, you know, they're, Kieran, they're not facing up to anything. They are just saying, actually, the, the gap is really small and we're just unlucky and it's fine margins. And I would say to that, long may that fucking continue that they think like that or they peddle that out because it's not realistic, is it? No, but then again, I, I would, I would just to clarify, I would absolutely enjoy it if they did this, but they're probably not going to go and say, our creative and attacking players are quite shite <laughs> um, which which I, w- I would I would like again I would absolutely love it if uh, John Lundstrom or one of them goes uh, Morelos Shite. Kent Sakala Cadwell they're all a bit not good at football um, <laughs> that would be a good time but no yeah, it is a yeah it is a an odd thing you'd expect I don't know I think they're just going through the motions at this stage I, I do wonder if this is like you know, a top-down PR thing, because obviously the manager does it as well, where this whole thing where they're unlucky or it's unfair that they've not won of these games and they're Celtic are getting the fine margins. And they are getting the fine margins because they've shown they've shown the moments of quality as Alan's touching on. You know, that they've they've had them like the really class play for the goal. They did it, it's the same thing. And and you know, they they're lamenting their defensive mistakes uh, all the time. It's like, well, that's your your problem that's the fundamental systemic problem that you keep having these slack defensive errors all the time that isn't luck or that's misfortune or lacking you know it's it's just it's just weird like there's, there's clearly like a you know there's a mentality thing there but there's also like a system like the, the way they gear around football it's just it's just weird it's like really stop start yeah, it's been all the way through you know ever since I was under Van Bronckhorst as well, you know, they, but, uh, our goals this, uh, the 4-0 game, where they would just like stop and let us play our game. But the number of, the number of goals we scored in that game, because they switch off for a couple of seconds and we exploit it just to be doing this one. It's not a Beal centered thing. It's just this group of players. And that's been going, they, you know, this entire pool, even under Gerard, they're not a team who create a flurry of chances through vibrant attacking football. These aren't players who are designed to do that. Let's, let's bear in mind, their recruitment for the past few years has been getting sort of physical, like big physical players to just play that type of football. So, you know, it's not like they can't really turn around and say, oh, you know, we should be playing this swashbuckling style of football because none of them have been, you know, coached to do that. None of them are technically inclined that way. But that, uh, yeah, I would be, I, w- I, w- I do want maybe, maybe it'll happen in the final um, Celtic Rangers game where Tavernier will, uh, Tavernier will do his thing again and just say, "Oh, we've got a shocking mentality, and we just crumble and sit in front of our own fans, and we actually don't know. We we just have this deep existential crisis that ran down, and then the Rangers uh, copywriter will get all the grammar and spelling wrong, like he, he usually does. That'd be good. Co condiment, or whatever it is. Uh, Alan, uh, kind of just your thoughts on that? Yeah, the quotes are they do they do say a hell of a lot, 
Um, for football players that generally footballers tend to not give a lot away I think they do give a hell of a lot away in post-match interviews um, but we've heard that before um, the, the the last guy that was having a chuckle that had a wee laugh when they got a penalty the last time has went on and missed two of the most guilt-edged chances you could really expect to get in these games um, we've heard it from Tavernier we've heard it from Ryan Jack before I don't think you could I don't if you had a Rangers panellist on the show, which would be obviously a surprise. Wild. That would be would, weird, Alan. <laughs> Jesus. Would you really feel that you came away from that game and thought, now, I was at the 2019 League Cup final that we stole and we got absolutely pummeled and it was it, it, it was crazy, the amount of chances they had, and you just thought, you'll never have a, a night like that again. Yesterday wasn't like that. Now, I was nervous at the game. I'm always nervous playing yeah. Rangers when there's only a goal in it because anything can happen. Um, but it didn't feel like that yesterday. It really didn't. The game actually started just kind of petered out. You watch, you know, you watch the extra time. Celtic just manage it well. Rangers struggled to actually get the ball up the park because Aaron Moy um, and oh, they actually go and press instead of just sitting defending your box. You actually be proactive and you go and say, look, instead of allowing you to shell the ball up the park, we're going to go and press your goalkeeper so that he shanks it out the park or that he has to play an extra pass and it just winds it down. That's what being the proactive team gets you. Um, and I think, again, come back to that same point. We are the proactive team. We are the protagonists in this story. We're not being handed anything. We go and try and win games. And we have won games um, with the quality in it. And to go back to the kind of, you know, question that Jack had um, sent in as well about, you know, not being, I suppose, the, the principle of it, but not being complacent. I think the reason that, I think you can enjoy this is because I, I'm a probably of the similar opinion to Kieran and I think any football manager, coach, director, anyone involved with Rangers will look at that and think we need a huge overhaul. I mean, you, you brought off probably the player that six months ago was your most look at his talent hooked at half time and he's been an on event in these games all season. Um you know, he scored one, I think, earlier in the year. You've got a striker that's out of contract that's going. You've brought in two new midfielders to give you some energy. John Lundstrom, I think, struggles in these games generally with the pace of them. Two fullbacks. You've got the Chuckle Brothers either side that, you know, you can allocate blame for the goal to either of them as you see fit. But it all comes from Celtic having more quality. And I thought Rangers and a half yesterday looked, they just looked extremely uncomfortable. The, the movement of Kyogo worries them and they get nervous around them. So... I don't think you could look at that. And I think from a Celtic point of view, I think you can take your victory lap over this team this season because I just don't know what kind of Rangers team you'll face next season. I just don't think it'll be the same one. I just think there's so much overhaul needed and I know people will be talking about finances. I have no idea the situation of Rangers' finances and they always seem to find a way. So I wouldn't be surprised if you're playing against a very, very different Rangers team next season. Cross that bridge at that time. Enjoy it against this one because, you know... By all intents and purposes, it looks like the last one at Ibrox. Hopefully, will be nothing on the line because we'll have tied up at Tynecastle. They can do their talking in that game, maybe. Or maybe not. Uh, the beauty of the fact that McGregor's probably the last game in front of a, Cel- a Celtic crowd. Um, shanked. Oh. Um, he's, he's, his kicking was not um, at its best yesterday. <laughs> see, see, by the way, see Dyson made his yellow card. 
That was outrageous. Uh, terrible. So the, f- unbelievable. The, the referee signalled it was for multiple fouls, and when I was watching the game, it was the first foul he'd given away in the game. That's. I said that to Bowd when we were watching it. I said, um, he's done that thing where he points at different parts of the pitch, yeah. but he's not made any fouls. It's almost no. like that's the get-out-of-jail-free. You've had the foul here. He- Pathetic, absolutely pathetic. Um, we got a, a comment from uh, Tony McLaughlin. Um, not a question, but just three comments. Celtic's biggest game of the season, uh, of the 2022-23 season, is on the 3rd of June versus Inverness. I love the fact their biggest game of the season doesn't involve Rangers slash Sevco. Sevco's highlights of the season was nearly getting a draw at Celtic Park in a game they needed to win, and they have still only once in their history beaten Celtic in 90 minutes when Celtic have had more than 700 fans in attendance. Great points. Um, Hatati. Kieran, Hatate was the big obviously Jota proved his um you know, his his, his goal scoring attributes and how much of a difference maker he can be with, with the goal set up very well, Maeda. Uh Hatate a little bit quiet, is that to be expected? Thoughts? Yeah, I think so. I think in the in the past, I think when he's been out with these muscle injuries, it, it normally takes a couple of games to get going. And it's just a similar thing. You guys mentioned with um Ralston as well, which is a fair point, like dropping these guys in after they're not playing much football into one of the biggest games of the season, it's hard to to, to make an impression when they've not played out for over a month and in Ralston's case longer. It was it wasn't as best, but I don't think it was especially bad or anything. I think no. he just looked a bit a bit tired. Um, so I think yeah, I think I think subbing him off at six day made sense. I do think again, you guys touched on the reaction. I I do think for the second game in a row the subs worked against us rather than um, helped us and I do think if you're going over the course of Ange's tenure his substitutions have arguably been his biggest flaw in terms of consistently maybe the subs not working out or actively going against us I think you could make that case but you know in the end I think Iwata sort of he really started to show his authority towards the end, and I think he was quite essential to, as and alluded to, when we just sort of managed to see the game out fairly comfortably in the end. I think, you know, Iwata did a lot of good work in that. Um, you know, Moy contributed as well. And I do, I do, it was just a weird thing where I just think that the volume of changes rather than the individual personnel, it just sort of, uh, it was just disjointed for 10, 15, 20 minutes or so afterwards. And that's what, you know, you felt a bit. I don't know what. Yeah, it was a, it was a funny one, but yeah, with Hatate, it was just it's not his day. But I, I'm looking forward to him tearing up Tyne Castle when he's he's hopefully got a bit. You know, it was good to have him. It, was, it seems weird to say this about a, a semi final against Rangers, but it was good to have him get, get some minutes in his legs. That's what I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ultimate disrespect. He'll be tearing up Tyne Castle before you know it. Uh, Alan, uh, the points on the substitutions um, and Hatate. What's your take? Yeah, I think um, Rio, as I uh, wholeheartedly agree, it's good for him to get a wee run out. Um, <laughs> ideal. <laughs> um, uh, it, it just it, it just wasn't as comfortable in the ball. Um, you could tell that normally he doesn't mind receiving the ball with a player pressing him. Yesterday he was a bit pensive about that and actually dropped the ball off before he was in that situation. Um, but I would expect a different player, you know, over the next couple of weeks, and that's very timely. I think there's a lot happened in a very short spell. We needed to make a change, whether it be a personnel change or a tactical change. And then with Johnston going off, I think a lot happened. There was a lot of flux in a very, very short period of time, and I don't think it helped. I think, as Keenan said, when Ralston came on initially, 
I think within two or three minutes, the same pass was played out to him and he had no one at all, no one coming short. I think we had switched wingers as well at this point and the winger was just staying high. There was no option and we ended up, I think, just getting a couple of throw-ins out of it. And it just, I think if you're coming into a game like that, having not kicked a ball since December, you want to get the ball and actually drop it into someone and get playing right away. And it just didn't happen. Um I think there was a bit of communication. It was actually, and being at the game, it was Callum McGregor that turned the tide on that a little bit. Um, he took the ball in and actually we played through. And that was what got Awata and Moy then a bit more settled and into the game, I thought. Um, so I think there was a huge amount of credit to the captain for that. But yeah, it didn't, we didn't get the instant impact from the subs. But I think actually once they kind of bedded in, maybe 10, 12 minutes after that, they actually became really important. And the legs and energy that we got, particularly from Iwata, was invaluable in the last 10 minutes. Um, I think Rangers had actually run their race and Iwata came on and the amount of times that he was able just to drift past or catch up with a player, it was it was really important. So initially I agree with Kieran, but I think over time they both, um, or sorry, all the subs kind of had their impact, which was um, which was very warmly received. Yeah, absolutely. Um Question from Dale. It's a very important question. Uh, what will Rangers fans' ex- excuse be to claim that the potential treble is tainted and why will it be because the, uh, the Lizard Queen, I don't know what he's referring to there, uh, died and we disrespected the monarchy at St Mirren. Are you looking forward to Tyne Castle um, and just expressing yourself, Kieran, you know, having a nice time? Yeah, I might, I might pop through, just have my, you know, weekend walk going past... <laughs> With a burning Union flag, uh, yeah, uh, ah, well, you know, just get my arse kicked in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've had worse Saturday. Um, no, yeah, no, uh, yeah, it'll be funny. It'll be really funny. Uh, it's it's going to be good. I think I do think part taking the question seriously. I think it would, I think it's quite funny. the The last two games, there's been a lot of stuff like, oh, we outplayed them. Is like the excuse that why it might be tainted is oh you know they they did it by it was unfair that they you know they're in this position or that they stuck with Van Bronckhorst for so long and all these excuses as if Bale hasn't lost three in the bounce and hasn't won in four against us um, it's just it's just funny like oh they rather than just said oh we're actually not as good and we need to be much much better to take it from them uh, it's yeah I think it's just. I guess that's what all football fans do, but they are rivals, so fuck them. That's what I say. Uh, it's funny we did the um, when we did the Senate Chronicles on Wednesday. Um, we obviously kind of combed through the entire season and and, and talked about kind of different points. And you know, they still say that the season wasn't extended. They they still say that the SASFA didn't help them, and it was like the season was extended. We finished the the season on a Wednesday night. And that's why that's why I almost admire just how deluded and how you know how much shite they talk and they they get no they do not in any way get embarrassed by it. Um, Alan, your thoughts? Do I throw some uh, throw some uh, petrol on the fire? Oh, absolutely! I will not miss an opportunity to grandstand. Um, I was enjoying Kieran's. Uh, I think the season ended on Thursday night as well, did it not? Oh, Thursday, sorry, yeah, uh, Thursday, yeah, in Castle Tanadice. Um, I think, and I'm astounded by it, I still think that they're going to blame Van Bronckhorst. I think he's going to carry the can. <laughs> um, the former Rangers legend will be in the mud, um, despite the fact that, let's 
there's two cups now under Bale that have not managed to win. So there will be, I think, in the back of their minds, maybe even in the middle, I think it will be there. But they will not vote, they will not verbalise that. Um, which is a shame because I just why why would you keep that all to yourself? Why would you not why would you not phone in Radio Clyde or Go Radio or something and, and have a rant? Go for it. Exactly. Tonight. Yes, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> um just a, a serious point, um there was a there was a Nazi flag <laughs> in in their support. Um fucking horrendous. Anyone who kind of you know, they're as bad as each other. We don't have Nazi flags, so, you know. You might not like Celtic fans, that's fine, but having far-right fascist Nazi flags really should be called out kind of by all facets of the media, and it really should be discussed, and, you know, it's really fucking horrendous, Kieran. Well, just, like, fucking self-police when that happens. You, like, if you have any sort of moral conscience or any sort of anything about you, surely if you spot where that is, you as a fan, the onus is on you to try and do something about it as well. Like, well why, I, well, I don't know the full context. That's the first I'm hearing about it. So I, I could be wildly wrong and people did kick off and get taken down, in which case, uh, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I'm not going to apologise. I'm doubling down. Um, no, but like, it's just bizarre like, how that that's something just happens and then you know it's not immediately grabbed out of their hand and the guy, isn't, whoever it is, isn't punched in the face. Because like, cause like Okay, there's the moral imperative, but it's also just what it's doing to, you know, it's just like completely. Well, I was going to say ruin the reputation of the support. That may be a, that ship might have sailed, but <laughs> uh, but uh, but it's just like it's just ridiculous how that thing just can happen in 2023. Yeah, it just it's more about the the kind of silence and lack of coverage of anywhere because it's not hard to find. And you know what? It's funny because all these tabloids love to go on social media and make articles about tweets. Yeah, you know, there's tweets there that kind of show that there's a, a Nazi flag. So, you know, go along and make your little fucking articles. Scum. Anyway, uh, uh, Jambo Roy has a question. All right, lads. Hope you're all still basking in the glory of the weekend. Uh, does yesterday change anything for you regarding priority areas for taking the next step, performance-wise or due to injury? With AJ or Ange's post-match comments about CCB. Uh, just on uh, AJ, um, Ange said he took a sore one uh, for him to come off, but he was waving the crutches around during the celebration. That's something else that's absolutely iconic. So fantastic. Uh, so he felt no pain afterwards. We'll have a look at him, um, but that's the beauty of our squad because Tony Ralston comes in. He hasn't played in I don't know how long, and he did a, fan just, a fantastic job. You've got to enjoy it. These these wins are hard-earned, and especially as I think I am, there's always a legend I'm chasing that says, I've done that before. What a great turn of phrase. That's the nature of this football club. Um, Alan, yourself, anything, any changes? Any? I know we've kind of talked a little bit about that, but um, any areas, priority, even over the last couple of weeks, that you think, oh, we need to elevate there? I don't, I don't feel that there's any kind of material change, to be honest. Um... Actually, it's maybe not not ironic, but Joe Hart actually had a really, really good game yesterday. I'm actually tempted to say I think it's probably his best game in a Celtic jersey. Um, not because he, he didn't really have a great deal to do in terms of, um, you know, saves to make. But he was actually just really commanding in his box, um, really decisive. Um, and, you know, as Celtic goalkeeper, you tend not to actually be called into action too often. Um, I actually thought he was really, really good yesterday. Even his 
use of the ball was better. I was quite confident. I, I always have to be sharp and take a breath when he plays the tight pass, especially those lateral passes. They make me really, really nervous, but um, his execution was good. So uh, that still is probably one of my key priorities for the summer, but it was nice to see him have a good game. So I don't think there's any particular change. I think we might, though, over the next couple of weeks, you know, going back to the discussion about Kobayashi, the, the the six games that he'll feature in, potentially, will, um, I think will be instructive as to what we do in the summer. I think there'll be a lot of eyes on that. So it's as good a problem you can have in terms of a player being out, but having someone that come in who you really wanted to have had a good look at, and I don't doubt Angel won't have a good look at him as well. He'll have a better idea than we do, certainly, but we'll be able to have a look and see, look, are we going into the Champions League next year with the same, you know, back three of Hart, Staffelt and Carter Vickers? Or actually, is Kobayashi one of the ones you can look at and then, you know, maybe, you know, in the market for a goalkeeper in the summer? So I don't think anything changed, but I think that is certainly a question that will be, we'll probably put that as a standing item on the agenda in the next couple of weeks as we review Kobayashi's progress. Um, so no change as yet, but I think we'll, um, we'll definitely come back to it with regards to the centre half. Uh, Dave Gallagher messaged in uh, special appreciation for tomorrow's agenda to Mr. Joseph John Hart thought he put in a really just performance today and commanded his box I did too I, I thought you know we're very quick to you know criticise players sometimes but um, we should be quick to praise them and um, I thought he performed well I didn't like it when he had a go at Morelos mm-hmm. I like Morelos now so <laughs> don't, don't, don't be mean to him you know Joe don't no, Taylor as well, Greg Taylor, you know, with a fat part. That's it's uh, twenty twenty three, Greg, you know. Can't, come on now. Uh, I, I, I'm sure we'll do a thing at the end of the season. It'll be like, who would you bring in? Alan's like, I know a, a striker who's out of contract. Oh, no, 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 no. no. You're, sorry, sorry. You're mistaken. You're, you're sadly mistaken. Um, I just don't, don't be mean to him. <laughs> Don't be mean. I don't know. Be I'm, nice. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> Kieran, Kieran, can I speak to you in private for a second? Um, it's, it's about Alan's conduct on the agenda. Um, uh, ticket allocation. Um, uh, this is already it's a fucking um, red button point or whatever. I don't know. It's, a, it's something that's probably going to come up quite a lot. Um, geez, all the tickets, isn't it? Geez, all the tickets. Kieran, geez, all the tickets, isn't it? But I just like so I'm of the opinion there's a really simple solution to this. Where well, I say simple solution, I don't know anything about the bureaucracy of it, so I could just <laughs> completely talk about my, my arse, But sounding really confident, while I do it, which is as we know is how you survive in politics. Um, wouldn't we be we best to give like Cali Thistle? You you re- release both halves at the same time. But you make the point that Cali Thistle, you've got like a week to to sign up. And if you don't, the remaining tickets can go over to Celtic because obviously they're going to sell it more. Would that not make a sort of degree of sense? I, I, I don't know. Like, obviously, we just want, like, it's going to be Cali Thistle. You know, it's a massive occasion for the city. It's a massive occasion for the club. Realistically, they're still not going to sell out half of Hamden. But you want as many of them to go there for the occasion as possible. So we do not. You, there's got to be some fairly... No, some degree of compromise that makes sure you fill out as much as possible and you get as many Calithistle fans there as you can and you get as many Celtic fans there as you can and it's a great occasion for Scottish football. It, it doesn't feel like, it feels like it's going to be a very deliberately 
obtuse solution the SFA is going to come up with. I, I feel like that's a, a prediction I can confidently make. <laughs> um, nah, joking aside, what I would say in regards to them is, uh, and Alan, I think you might agree with this, geese all the tickets. Um, just, yes, please. Nah, just geese all the tickets. Come on. Uh, nah, Kieran's idea is, I think the key if you're doing that, because you know they're not going to sell it out, is very politely and start, no, no, forcefully tell Gary Thistle, by the way, see when you're selling <laughs> by the way, the first batch of a thousand tickets, don't spot them all over the full area that you have. Put them in a section, then move on to the next section. Um because then in that way we can get all the tickets. Um <laughs> I don't know how many did they take at the weekend. There was about fifteen thousand in total at Amden, so Falkirk apparently had more. So let's be really seven thousand were there. Maybe they'll get 10 for the final. We should be looking at, ah, what, 35, 36,000? Because obviously Beautiful. you got a lot of sponsors ticket for the final, so. Beautiful. These are the tickets. Mm. I'm just saying all these are the tickets. You're talking about 40, what, 48, 50,000 on the home cup ticket scheme, maybe? 48, 47, 48. And it's going to be a dogfight. We're going to Hunger Games. Hey, some people might be on holiday. Some people, some people might be on holiday. Look, you vulturing in on the fucking holiday. Giza tickets. Uh, no, listen, um, I, joking aside, I think Kieran's kind of spot on with how it'll be done. I, do you know, I, I'm just already sick of it. It's not even started talking about, you know, the, the ticket allocation and all that. I'm already You brought it up? No, well, the, the reason I brought it up is because it's going to... I, I was bringing it up, but uh, just a bit of fun, Alan. Um, you, did you hear all the Giza I'm sick of this are? discussion that I just immediately brought up out of nowhere. He's already... <laughs> He's still pissed off because we insulted his best pal. <laughs> Look, don't call, don't ever come for the elf. Don't come for the elf. Uh, Does he get called elf? Uh, probably, he gave, probably. He gave real water, so you know. He's just, dead. Just back off, Alan. This is fucking wild, but you know, it is what it is. I just like him because he's a laughing stock. Aye, but that's. I mean, yeah. If he was actually good, of course you wouldn't like him. He's a he's a guaranteed score in two weeks now, isn't he? Uh, how, I should have actually fucking care. Uh, how, how, how do you feel about the the, the game? Well, actually, do you know what? Let's just kind of finish our points on on yesterday's game again. Um, there's going to be a review, um, which will be available tomorrow, which will be Christian and uh, our good friend Colin Kearney, uh, Graham Mackay's away this week, so it will be Colin and uh, Christian looking at the game, break it down from a tactical point of view. Um, but can any kind of final points on on this game? Again, we'll probably pick it up in the Senate, in the Senate weekly as well because it's a huge thing to happen, and we want to kind of get those points of view a few days out. Alan, I think maybe just you know thinking a wee bit back and taking in a wee bit more context to the game. I think a lot of people not, but we talked about it, you know, clearly on here about the midfield three and that. Matt O'Reilly, who was having a really, really tough time, dropped out of the team, found it difficult to go back in. And we, I think, agreed that he wasn't at his best, maybe to different degrees. I thought he was pretty poor for a while. But the one thing I think that we all agreed on was that we really, really wouldn't be surprised if when he did get his chance, chance sorry, to get back into the team, if he, if he took it. And I think what you've seen from O'Reilly is an incremental improvement week on week back to somewhere near the level that he's capable of playing. And I don't think yesterday's a crowning moment for him because he's too good a player to even have that anywhere near his best. But he was really, really comfortable in the ball, found really good space, and his use of the ball when he had it, I thought was exceptional. Um, so I think it's maybe just a wee, when players dip out of form, when they're maybe having a tough time, 
I think when you, especially when they've delivered for you so consistently before, I think he's another reminder on this Ange team that as long as someone else is picking up the slack in the meantime, you'll be able to get back to where you need to be. So I, I was really, really pleased for O'Reilly yesterday and I thought his kind of performance went largely under the radar, but I thought he was really, really good. Or certainly at the game, it felt like every time he touched it, you know, he was making a meaningful contribution. So I was really, really pleased for him and hopefully, um, hopefully he can see out the season and, you know, similar form and improve week on week. Yeah, actually, do you know what? I've got a question I'd, I'd like to put to Kieran. Um, this is from uh, Kevin McGoldrick. Uh, afternoon, everyone. Um, we talk about how important Cameron Carter-Vickers, Cal McGregor and Keogh are, are, are to this team. But for Ange, do you think Maeda is the one he wouldn't want to be without the most? And that what he does for the team, most of all out of possession, is maybe underrated. I thought yesterday he was brilliant. He basically is the initial press. Also, has Kieran been able to sleep on his excitement of seeing Kobayashi for the rest of the season being too much for him? Cheers. Um, just the, the kind of points on uh, Maeda and, you know, how important he is. Obviously, yesterday he really quickness a thought to kind of stick to it and a terrific ball in. We can sometimes maybe be critical of his final ball, but that ball in for Jota was excellent. Yeah, I was thinking about this as well, actually. I think you can make a case that over the course of this season, Maeda is probably been our most consistent performer um, in these Rangers in these Rangers games. I know that sounds may sound ridiculous given the goals Jota and Kyoga have scored, but he's just so effective, not only defensively in terms of the work rate and pressing, and but it's just the way he just stretches Tavernier is so good. Because he like I know Tavernier scored a couple big goals, he almost scored again, but like he really, really pushes him back and he the way the runs he makes behind the and in behind and again maybe he should have done better a couple of times in possession I thought there were other occasions he was really effective in possession and I think that's the the word that you keep going back to even in if he's lacking quality in specific moments he's just so effective across the 90 minutes both in and out for, for the sake of the team I think that's the case I think I, I agree on that point and you know like Obviously, you know, Kyogo's been brilliant, Josh has been brilliant, CCV has been brilliant in all these games over the course of the season. But I think Maeda is very subtly a really decisive player for how we play both in and out of possession. Alan? Yeah, I, I think it's it's a really, really good point to raise as well. Seaburn Maeda is at his best or he's, you know, playing well, whatever, however you want to put it. It is like picking two players. It is like picking a fullback as a winger and then picking a real attacking threat. And he's just such a, I don't think there's a player that I can compare. You know, we like to talk about, you know, players and say, oh, it reminds me of Dyson Maeda is a, for me is a trailblazer in terms of the effort and the work rate that he puts in, yeah. but it's not, I think we brought it up. It might've been on a weekly or someone brought it up, but it's not like work rate for work rate's sake. This isn't Kenny Miller chasing down players and, you know, like a, you know, like a dog chasing a ball. It is genuinely someone who is actually impactful and there's a point to it. Um, and I always think when we switched wingers a couple of times yesterday, I think what I quite liked as well, the fullbacks, and you would expect this, but it's just, it's just a small point. The fullbacks then acknowledged who they had in front of them because if you get Jota in front of you, even the way you pass the ball to him is different. You know, he's not a player. You wouldn't play a pass in behind for Jota. Whereas if it's Maeda, you've always got that option. If he comes short and spins away, you can play him in behind. And the fullbacks then see that and they acknowledge it and they know what they're getting. But the one thing that you would love 
See if especially if you're maybe having a wee bit of a tough time and the manager switches wingers, say he was playing left and Maida comes over right. Johnston must look at that and think, fantastic, because I, I know now it's it's just like, it's like having a fullback just sitting in front of you, but you've got the benefit of what he can do offensively. So, yep, some frustrating points. You know, there was a real good counter-attack that he could have, you know, set Kyogo away, but his cross, which I think is underrated as well, the way he digs it out, it's just a phenomenal cross. He's just a joy to pick, and when he's playing his best, I think the manager doesn't even think. It's, I can play him left, right, I don't mind. I'll pick him regardless. Yeah, um, just match winner uh, as much as anything yesterday and um, he uh, Kieran great points about how important he's been in these games and how important he probably will be moving forward um, I get the, the final question we have um, comes from Kyle C um, hi guys I don't know if I'm too late for the agenda as I'm just awake from the celebrations however just a quick suggestion for the final a Sonic Live from Bowd's house before and after the final itself um, I think that would be wild um but you know what i'll consider it how about that um uh, now nah, in all seriousness uh get it so far up them uh they're a shite tactics they deserve nothing and they will win nothing hail hail lovely little cherry on the pie there uh from kyle um i don't like that he's kind of stealing a whole stick there <laughs> exactly well he's, he's not he's not fawning I, over um, morelos so you know i would prefer it if we could get um, submissions that were that, that didn't put the pressure on me and Kieran so much to be honest yeah. Yeah. Just, just for next time you know a couple of things that we should actually we should have a wee huddle after this and really catch up over a couple of things because a couple of things have been raised during the pod that I think I need to discuss offline Alan I think me and Kieran have got plenty of things to discuss <laughs> with you pal uh, actually final... is this the end of the agenda <laughs> <laughs> um, final question from Ian Dugan how many bears will show up for the derby on the 13th I'm looking for an exact uh, number with a prize for the best guess oh okay um, what's the capacity of their stadium it's like 50 something 50,000 yeah, I will say 39,000 Boom. And I'm looking forward to the prize. Ian, if it could be a, a some sort of sour that you keep uh, bombarding us with, um, that would be ideal. For 49,500. I think the Bears will... The one thing you say about the Bears, Christopher, and I know that you're very critical of them, <laughs> nah, they'll turn up because they love a good boo. So they do. So I tell you, it's, it's like a wedding at them. They wouldn't miss the chance to, to have a right good boo. <laughs> You're a bit up and down, Alan. You seem to be giving oh, them a lot. Just up. having such a really, really good day. It probably sounds horrible, but I'm having a, I'm having a great time. Kieran, do you want to guess? I'm going to... Five of them. Five of them. Because we're <laughs> Glasgow Celtic. That's what. Kieran's put five. Five um, Rangers uh, Bears. And I'm... <laughs> I uh, <laughs> bears. <laughs> I I think the um see when they call a uh, when they call like the the, the women in their support they call them berets. <laughs> that's just it's a touch of class. It's, sure, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of class. Um, what, what is is there a what is the feminine for? This is conversation we could have all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, not berets. I can tell you that. Uh, much. Um, uh, let me just quickly. Female bear is called a. Um, what's a female bear it's called? It's just a bear. I think it's just a bear, to be honest. They're called sows. <laughs> so there you go. It's a sow, not a pig. <laughs> Genuinely, I don't need any responses to that. Let's just keep it better. Um, 
Celtic FC women uh, won yesterday versus Hibs, and as well, which kind of went maybe went under the radar. Um, Rangers drew with Hearts, which means the gap um, between Celtic and Rangers has increased. Um, Celtic's big match against Glasgow City um, on the 11th of May is at Celtic Park. Um, And it's a game that if we win, we go top of the league. So absolutely massive. Um, Let me tell you what we've got coming up this week, because that will all be covered on the Celtic Women's Football Show. Um, You're currently listening to The Agenda, um, which records every Monday. Tomorrow, we've got the review with Christian and Collins. Uh, Collins stepping in for Graham this week, and uh, we'll look back at the Rangers game and break it all down tactically. Wednesday, we've got the Celtic Women's Football Show. Uh, Claire and Lorenzo will be looking over all the results and what that means for uh, the um, title charge. Um, really exciting, really, really exciting into the season for Celtic Women's team. Uh, Thursday, Celtic Weekly, as always, it'll be myself and Alan and uh, Christopher Sermani. Um, kind of looking forward to the big coronation of the champions at the weekend uh, Friday we've got the weekend update as always um, and on Sunday we'll have the reaction to the big game against Hearts cannot wait for it um, we'll kind of cover the, the Hearts game um, as this kind of week goes on but any final comments Alan do you want to give your undying love for any other Angels players or is it just Morelos no I think I'm I think I'm all good um, I think I'm going to go and have a sleep <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm spent I think, yes, a sleep would be good. And we can, no, we can it was, chat. We it was can great chat. fun. Thanks very much for having me. Lovely stuff. Uh, Kieran Devlin, an absolute joy as always, and we'll speak to you very soon, sir. Pleasure's all mine, gal. And uh, good luck to Alfredo Morales and always future endeavours <laughs> after, uh, after he leaves this summer. Oh, brilliant. Um, from Kieran Devlin, from Alan Edgar, from myself, Chris Gallagher, this has been The Agenda. Um, plenty coming up this week, so stick with us and thanks to everyone who subscribes. Uh, we'll speak to you down the road. <laughs> <laughs>